eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten wrong with yet? Morning. Afternoon. Evening, brunch time, lunch time, almost Christmas time. Already is Hanukkah time. Happy holidays time? Let's just go with happy holidays. It's usually just easier to say happy holidays time. You know who's probably not having a happy holidays right now or the New England Patriots time. Boy, that was funny time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio on a... Uh, a chilly, chilly December afternoon, as it should be here in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee, a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium, where Tennessee uh, will not play for an extended period of time. The Vols will be back, obviously, next season, to not to open the season, but will then be in Neyland, not after that, but, but uh, not long after that. But long before that, Tennessee will be playing Clemson in the Orange Bowl December 30th. Uh, New Year's penultimate eve is what we will call it, I guess, down there in Miami. Lots and lots to talk about about that game, and and we got a couple, at least another, what, week and a half or so to do that. But what comes before that, as my voice cracks, and that sounds terrible, is the uh, early signing period, which is basically now National Signing Day. There's lots and lots of... Lots and lots of stuff to discuss there. So if we're going to discuss a lot of recruiting on this episode, I think you know where we're going to go. We're going to go over to that home daycare center and get to Ryan Callahan. And and Ryan, it's already been um, it's been a, a newsy week already. Tennessee has has added a a transfer commitment, uh, which is basically uh, what everyone in college football is doing these days. But the Vols have gotten uh, at least a big name, former four-star prospect uh, who who's played the past uh, couple seasons at Texas. Ryan, tell us about uh, this new Vol that's been added Monday. Yeah, and we're and we're going to go with the official uh, pronunciation that, that Texas has provided, Andre Carrick. Um, but I, I had a couple different people mention Andre Carrick, but either way, uh, uh, Andre Carrick is what we'll go with for now. But the uh, the former four star prospect, as you said, from uh, uh, Carroll High School in South Lake, Texas, big powerhouse program there that's put mm-hmm. out a yep. number of big time kids over the years. Uh, but uh, a, a former player at that program who went to Texas, spent the past three years there recently entered the, the transfer portal actually exactly two weeks ago, uh, kind of quietly took, uh, I believe, four official visits before announcing his destination and just kind of 
made a low key, as low key of an announcement as you can make while still acknowledging it on social media. He did make a little more of a post on his Instagram account, but his, his Twitter account, he just tweeted recruitment close yeah, and changed it, his profile picture to tennis, a uh, picture of him in a Tennessee uniform and his bio to OL at Vol Football. Yeah, it, 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 it had a strong Dwight Schrute vibes there. From the uh, when they when Dwight Schrute had to plan the birthday party on the office, and he just put up a sign that said "It is your birthday" with a period on it. That had strong Dwight Schrute vibes there. But we all knew that Tennessee needed to to do something. Hopefully, in the portal, so you could get an older guy uh, at offensive line. Probably needed a couple of them to be honest, but at least needed one. And, and the Vols have gotten that a guy who I, I think probably. Um, we'll, we'll get a, a look at right tackle, a guy who could probably play right guard as well or left guard, a guy who could play a couple of different spots up there, and, and a guy who's been in, in a college football program, a big college football program, for three years now. He's got two years left to play, uh, and he's a guy who's got experience. I think he started three or four games since he's been at Texas, so he's not been a, a, a prominent player there, but but he's, he's a former four-star prospect. He's got some, some good size. He, he's got – uh, some ability to play in an offense that's not totally dissimilar from Tennessee's in the way that it can spread the field a little bit. Obviously, not at the tempo, but still a, a guy who uh, Tennessee needed to add something. I think Ryan, we've discussed this several times. Tennessee needed to make some moves on the offensive line uh, in this portal kind of transfer window. Of course, you can always go JUCO. Uh, you, you can go different ways to try to. You can develop the guys you already have, which they're going to try to do anyway. But Tennessee's losing some, losing a, a big old right tackle who's been really, really, really good this season, and also losing uh, Jerome Carvin there at, at guard. And, and Tennessee needed to to probably add some more competition to those spots up front because this this offense looks really, really good. But if you want to put a bad O line in it, it it's not going to do as much. So they they needed to get this right for sure. And 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 I would say you know we'll we'll get into this more a little later. But I, I would say this is you know, potentially not the only addition Tennessee yeah. will have from the transfer portal on the offensive line. To your point, they do have some major needs there. Um, they've got some young guys, even a couple of veterans. Ollie Lane uh, could be a, could be a factor there at guard. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've got some options there, but I think to feel good going into next season, you do need uh, to, to plug in a guy or two from the transfer portal. And Andre Carrick is a nice, uh, I think a nice fit um, because he could do a couple different things. As you said, he could be, a guard. He's played primarily at tackle uh, at, at Texas, but he, he very possibly could be a guard uh, in the right situation. And he's he's more than capable of playing right tackle. So depending on whether Tennessee can get anybody else that likes in the transfer portal, this could be Tennessee starting right tackle next season. Who knows? Uh, he could fill in uh, for for that spot uh, that, that's going to be vacated by Darnell Wright's departure after the bowl game. So. But we'll we'll see how that goes. Who else they might end up getting? Um, but he's you know he's listed at six foot five, three oh six uh, in his most recent uh, bio at Texas. I, I don't know if he's for sure six five, but he's somewhere in that six four to six five range. You know, Tennessee hosted another transfer portal uh, option at tackle uh, o- over the weekend. A Johnny Cornelius uh, from Rhode Island. He's yeah, Rhode Island, two years in a row, putting some bangers in the portal. You know? uh, who was it last year? Who am I forgetting? Oh, no, no, no. Verse came from, I'm sorry, Verse came from a different 1AA program. Up, he, up there, he was yeah. from Albany. Yeah, he, he was, was from he, Albany. He, he, same, same part of the country. I'm sorry. But there, someone else came from Rhode Island recently. Oh, it was, did, um, did, oh, it was, uh, it was uh, Jameer. 
Yeah, came came from. Oh yes, yeah, yes, came, good came, call. Came Started his Rhode college Island. career at, at yeah, Rhode Island. Yeah. So I was gonna say, did West just do a? Uh, did FCS West just do a? They're all from, they're all the same if they're from the no, same part no, of the country. No, no, no. I said, I said di- different, uh, same part of the country <laughs> FCS program. Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason why Rhode <laughs> Island was in my and it wasn't uh, Lamar Odom. There was another uh, Rhode Island uh, former Rhode Island player in there, and it was a uh, former former Rhode Island slash uh, Tennessee slash uh, Texas A and M offensive tackle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and Cornelia is sort of the sort of the typical or not typical, but sort of in the in the same vein as a, as a Jared verse, a guy who just really wasn't recruited very much coming out of high school, didn't have any FBS offers. And now is one of the more coveted players, uh, probably the most coveted offensive lineman at the moment anyway, in the transfer portal that has at least 25 offers, has, has visited Tennessee, Nebraska, Oregon, Ohio State. So who, who knows what will come of that? But you know, I think Tennessee sees him as more of a prototypical tackle who and he's still an option for the balls i think we'll see how that one goes he's planning to announce his decision on wednesday on national signing day but if, if tennessee could land him you know you would probably pencil in cornelius as at least the favorite to maybe start at right tackle in that case and then and then Carrick could give you an option at, at guard uh, or at least an insurance policy at tackle you those guys could compete for the job um, but that would that would be a nice situation if tennessee could get Cornelius to go along with him but Kark for the meantime gives you a nice uh kind of a Swiss army knife there at guard or tackle because he, he really could fill probably any of those four spots uh if needed now ha- has an interesting background at Texas he got there as sort of a, a, a lean undersized uh tackle he, he we, we had the measurements from the uh all-american bowl back in 2020 when he played there he measured in at 272 there as a senior in high school going into to his college mm-hmm. career and ended up starting in the Alamo Bowl at the very end of that season at left tackle and then made one start hit the, the following year at right tackle. Otherwise, has sort of just come, come in off the bench, played on special teams, things like that. And his role this year at Texas, uh, he, he was uh, sort of displaced by a, a five-star freshman, Kelvin mm-hmm. Banks, yep. uh, who's a, a freshman All-American at left tackle. Uh, Christian Jones, I, I think a senior or a guy who's on his way out after this year uh, started at right tackle. So he didn't win either of those jobs. And it sounds like that's partly because Steve Sarkeesian came in uh, last year and just immediately had a preference for bigger linemen, you know, coming from Alabama, yeah. especially that, that makes some sense. Uh, but he, he's not that guy. He, this isn't your big 330 pound mauler. He's a leaner, more athletic lineman. And, you know, just didn't, didn't fit that system ideally. Uh, but they found a role for him kind of the way they did. Uh, I guess it was Cooper Mays a couple of years ago under Jeremy Pruitt, using him as a blocking tight end, an extra lineman in some situations, they would throw a number 92 Jersey on him and, and make him an eligible uh, receiver, I guess out there on, on some plays at tight end and just use him on block on, on running plays uh, for the most part. And it worked. Uh, and he, he, he provided some value there, but just didn't seem like he had much of a future at Texas as a starter. And so, you know, it obviously needed a change of scenery to make more of an impact and, and has obviously found a pretty good opportunity at, at Tennessee. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. You know, I, I would say this is a guy that definitely could be a starter for Tennessee, but is not, you know, depending again, depending on who else they could get, maybe isn't assured of being a starter at Tennessee, but you know who else I would have said that about Gerald Mincy last year when he got yeah. to Tennessee, you know, yeah. he, he looked like a guy who might just be sort of a, a swing option at tackled, a depth guy. And by the time the season started, he gets the the starting nod at, at left tackle to open the season and he sort of takes the job and runs with it. So you just never know how these things are going to play out. And this is an experienced guy. He's played in 26 games in his college career. 
uh, coming from a good program. You, you can't knock that. That's the, I think it's a nice pickup for Tennessee and, and it certainly gives them a lot more options than they than they had without him. Yeah, you you, you look at that now, and and they've got you know obviously you know Mincy back. You know you've got you know you got Crawford, you got you know Dane Davis. You you've got guys who this coaching staff knows and to at least a certain extent trusts. So it's going to be interesting again because we we said this kind of going into last season. You know the the spring you kind of wanted to see what the line was going to look like. You know what would they kind of have there at two deep? How would things be? moved around a little bit and there were a couple of mild surprises there in terms of guys who were put where they were and and then so you know a little surprise there in preseason camp was with some of the stuff with with Mincy getting an opportunity and then for because because there was a lot of talk about um about Crawford for a while and and then so so they've got you know Dane Davis is a guy who when they put him in he seems to do pretty well you know it's he's graduated uh or or not graduated he's advanced from the uh, role that he used to have, which was occasionally act like you're hurt after extra points, to being a guy who goes out there and plays a little bit. You know, he's a mountain of a kid, and and uh, what six seven six eight big old dude. So they've got some options there at the tackle spots. I don't think they're in dire straits. I, I just my my point was that you know Darnell Wright is such a great player. I mean, he came to Tennessee with all this hype, and he really didn't meet it for a couple years, and. A lot of us were starting to question if he would ever kind of seriously become the player he was supposed to be. And then lo and behold, he developed and became that kind of player he was supposed to be, one of the best right tackles in college football. And and so that's a big piece to replace. And so you, you'd like to, in a perfect world, you'd obviously like to find a stud to replace that stud. So I don't know if they're going to have a stud there, but they're going to have, um, they're going to have options and I think they might add to it. So that's, something that's interesting to me anyway what about the the rest of the of the portal ryan is is there any any um any movement there for for tennessee any things to be on the lookout for any things to um that could that could shake up because tennessee's had a a a decommitment from the regular recruiting class and we'll talk about that later but in terms of the portal right now vis-a-vis tennessee what's what's going on what's the what's the scuttlebutt yeah, the, the main name to watch right now would be a Johnny Cornelius coming off that official visit to Tennessee. He was he was actually in Knoxville for a fairly brief visit. He, he sort of sandwiched uh, back-to-back official visits into each of the past two weekends. Uh, he was at Tennessee on Friday and then very for a little while on Saturday and then flew to Ohio State uh, for the rest of the weekend. And, uh, you know, maybe spend a little more than 24 hours at each school. So it's, it's a pretty rushed visit, but, you know, he's a transfer guy. Some of these transfer portal guys, you know, as we saw with McAllen Castles, the tight end transfer from UC Davis, don't even have to visit schools to, to know where they want to go. You know, it's um, th- these guys are making business decisions in a lot of cases. And, you know, so a, a lot of times all they need to do is have a maybe an in-person conversation with with coaches, which remember they can do that on the road. So Glenn Ellerby, for instance, went to Texas to visit Andre Carrick went to, to Rhode Island to visit with uh, Johnny Cornelius while he was on the road. So uh, a lot of these conversations in person have already happened before uh, they've arrived on these official visits. So sometimes you don't even need visits, but um, but they, they got both those guys on campus on official visits, and, and Cornelius has now taken four official visits. Now, when I spoke with him on Saturday after the Tennessee visit, he didn't rule out that he could choose someone outside of those four schools. You know, He didn't say he was just choosing between those four um, so that's at least worth noting with, with with 25 offers on the table and and a bunch of major programs in the running. You never know what what sort of relationships he might have with different coaches at at, at some of those other schools. And, and maybe maybe there's someone else outside those four still in the mix. But I would assume that Tennessee is still one of the 
you know, at least handful of teams with a realistic shot at him. And, and I, I don't think the Vols really ha- have, a, have a sense yet of, of whether they have a great shot at him or if, they, if they're likely out of it or, or where things stand there. It's a, it's a tough one to read sometimes with these transfer portal kids because you don't get longstanding relationships. You get a couple weeks at most to, to really get to know them. And then, you know, you're, you're trying to read people that you, that you haven't known for very long. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough deal sometimes. But Tennessee is in the mix for him for sure. And, uh, and, and battling for a number, number of others, but, you know, mostly wide receivers. And it looks like a lot of the activity as, as far as visits are concerned with the wide receivers they're pursuing might come in January. There's an early January visit window for only transfers that they've added this year. This is to offset a, a sort of quirky rule that worked against Tennessee last year because of the academic calendar. That The way things were written before, you could take an official visit to a school within I believe it was within two weeks of the start of their spring semester Hmm. and so Tennessee's semester started later than some other schools so they weren't able to host visitors from the transfer portal until something like January 8th and a few other schools were able to host visitors a few days before that so to remedy the inequities there they just added a five-day window January 4th through 8th to allow transfers to take visits this year before things fully open up on January 13th for coaches to go back out on the road and everything and so Tennessee will host some visitors, I think, during that January 4th through 8th window. Among them, I, I think as of right now, the expectation is that Dante Thornton, uh, wide receiver from Oregon, will visit at some point during that window or, or at least in early January. Uh, and then also Devontae Walker, uh, a Kent State wide receiver who was first team All-Mac this year, uh, one of two wide receivers that put up some pretty big numbers there uh, and, and has already visited North Carolina a couple times. He also went to, to Rutgers for an official visit more than a week ago. So the, uh, a couple schools have already hosted him, but it sounds like Tennessee and Penn State currently in line to get him on visits in early January. So some of that's going to play out into next month. So as far as immediate uh, happenings, uh, it looks like a Johnny Cornelius on Wednesday when, when he plans to announce his decision is the main one to watch. And then beyond that, it might be some January visits. And, and, and we'll see if other things happen without visits. But uh, I would say that's less likely just based on what we know right now. And also... Who else enters the portal? We've still seen some portal activity. You know, Jordan Phillips from Tennessee, uh, the the, the first-year defensive lineman, already in the transfer portal, announced that on, yeah, on I, Monday. Yeah, I, I thought he was a, a, a pretty solid prospect. I don't know if he was ever going to be like an absolute star, but that's still, you know, a pretty good athlete, a pretty good, pretty strong player at a pretty decent position where you need guys. Well, and I think that's a case where not getting enough early playing time might have might have been a problem. I think he's a guy who came in early last year. Remember, he was the one who arrived before anybody else in that 2022 class, went through some bowl practices, and and I think thought he was going to have a pretty good chance to get on the field and, and just ended up playing mostly sort of in garbage time in a few yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, because Ty, Tyree West outplayed him. I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so so West, and those guys aren't, you know, identical. Phillips is a little more of a pure interior guy. Phillips or West is kind of a you know, a hybrid end tackle type. So um, th- those guys aren't identical and maybe, maybe the, the, the positions they can play had to do with Wes making more of an impact, but yeah, for him, I- I'm sure he was a little bit frustrated by not playing a little bit more and then seeing another freshman get more snaps than him throughout the year. So yeah, I think that's one of those deals where playing time worked against them a little bit. And that's, that's one of the, the realities of the transfer portal world we're in, you know, you've got to, if it's a guy like that who comes in expecting to play, you, you've you've got to play them earlier. You run that risk, and you know how much are you going to cater to that versus just doing what you think is best for your team. That's all sort of everyone's still figuring that out. You know, the, in, the, in the old days, you could have you know talked him out of transferring. You would have the school would have had more leverage. 
now the kid wants to go in the portal. He's just going in the portal and there's really no way to stop it. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know if it's out of the question that he returns to Tennessee, but assuming it's gotten this far um, for a reason. Yeah. I mean, Ty- that, Tyler that, Barron returned. I mean, it can happen. Yeah. Crazier things have happened, but uh, that's, that's definitely not one where, you know, Tennessee was expecting him to leave or anything. That was a little bit of a surprise for Tennessee, but you know, that, that's, that's my point there is just that that's an example of what still can happen. I think there will, the expectation is there will be a lot more names in the portal. You know, we sort of had the first wave during that first week of the portal that started on December 5th. And, and I think the expectation is there will be another wave post bowl games for, for a lot of players across the country. So we'll see who else enters, especially in early January. Once, once everyone gets through their bowl games and, and definitely wouldn't be surprised if we see some more interesting names out there, especially on defense that, that Tennessee goes after. They've mostly been involved with offensive guys to this point. Uh, defensive guys haven't found a whole lot there. I think the, the thought is that the defensive talent out there is not outstanding or certainly not significantly enough better than what Tennessee already has at a lot of positions. So I think they're going to see what else is out there in the coming weeks. And that transfer portal window runs through January 18. So still plenty more time for guys to enter the portal and, and, and Tennessee's going to yeah, keep looking and, and see enroll. what's out there. Yeah. And still enroll in January if yeah. they want. I mean, you know, cause you can enroll the drop ad deadlines. What a couple, couple weeks after, semester starts so you still got time to well in the semester in. Tennessee doesn't start until what January 20th or something it's a lot later than it used yeah. to be so uh there, yeah definitely still still time for guys who enter the portal even in, up to mid-January to still look around and make a quick decision if they wanted to so uh yeah we'll we'll see how all that goes but I think the, the bottom line is there will be more names out there and, and Tennessee is is going to keep looking at you know who's out there especially on defense and and still look for you know again another offensive lineman if they can find another fit, you know, an ideal fit, maybe a second tight end and still looking at wide receivers, you know, they're interested in Marshawn Lloyd, the, uh, the South Carolina running back Mm -hmm. uh, who recently entered the transfer. I like him. The kid breaks tackles. He's a good player. Oh, he's a big name. I mean, he's a former five-star prospect uh, out of, uh, out out of DC, I believe, or somewhere up in in that area. So uh, definitely someone that Tennessee has some interest in, but USC, Maybe Georgia, some other big programs are in there, so that that's going to be a battle. But uh, regardless, Tennessee looking at you know really a lot of positions still, and, and we'll continue to kind of scour the transfer portal to see what's out there. Yeah, he's from a Hyattsville, Maryland. Come on, Ryan, get your DMV knowledge. Right. Yeah, let's go. Come yeah, on. My, my 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 wife, the DC girl, would be like, "Come on, Ryan, what are you doing there?" Yeah, we we got. I, I almost said Maryland, but I could I couldn't remember exactly where it was. Just he was that part of the that part of the country. Yeah, he was a, he was a top fifty player. I mean, he's a big time player. So there there's lots more to discuss there. I mean, the the portal is interesting. There's also, of course, the regular recruiting route, and some of the guys who have already committed to Tennessee, you know, signed with Tennessee. They they've been on campus. They've been they've been doing some bowl practices and, and including a quarterback perhaps that you've heard about. There's also been some some fluidity within the class, right? One one sort of at least somewhat surprising, uh, at least mildly surprising uh, defection from Tennessee's class, potentially another guy or so who could be added to the class. There's lots more that's going to be in play the next couple of days and we're going to talk about a lot of that, but before we do that, we are very slightly overdue for a break here. So we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills. Let's to products, services, in-house ads, etc. And then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. 
get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center here on a uh, a, a cold as it should be this time of year, uh, mid to late December afternoon here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee, talking primarily Tennessee football recruiting in this episode. Got lots more to dive into, and we will do that. Uh, also looking at some Christmas gifts up here in this office that need to be wrapped as well. That's another thing to stack on the to-do list uh, for the next couple of days. We got a lot to do, and we're going to get back to it. Um, after we go ahead and, and give you all this uh, pl- this, this quick, uh, let's say, uh, request from our end, if you will, in the holiday spirit. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. If you're just listening on the internet, there's right there on the website, goballs247.com, best site on all of Al Gore's internets for Tennessee coverage, and a great time this time of year to give it as a holiday gift too, by the way. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod. But uh, if you're just listening on the website, we love you. Nothing wrong with that. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. Labor of love. Very, very few complaints from our end. However, since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask uh, to rate and review and mash that subscribe button. Also, tell your friends. Tell people that you see at holiday parties, right? Tell people that you see at the, at the office. Tell people that you see walking your dog around town. Tell people you see at church. Tell people you see wherever you are. If you're just out there, uh, you're out there uh, holiday shopping, right, and you see someone wearing a Tennessee shirt, be like, hey, you looking to, you're a Tennessee fan. I'm a Tennessee fan. Why don't you listen to this Go Vols 24-7 podcast? These guys, they don't have great voices, um, but there's just something about them that uh, I find interesting. So please listen to them. Do that stuff. That person could be your new spouse. That could be your new best friend. That that person could change your life forever because you karmically passed forward what we're trying to get you to pass forward. So if you're already doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. And if not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, back to business. Tennessee has... Before we before we move on, Wes, I should throw in that uh, it is a great time to join GoVols 24-7, 50% off your first year uh, to join the site right now. And with signing day, obviously, uh, two days away, perfect time to uh, to take advantage of that and, and join the site. We'll be, uh, we'll be running that for, the, for at least the next few days. So take advantage of that deal and, uh, and join in and, and get all that coverage of recruiting, transfer portal stuff, bowl game coverage, basketball, all that stuff going on, and, uh, and much, much more. And, and my favorite thing, Access to the entire twenty four seven sports network. That's the, uh, uh, the the perk that I think a lot of people love to take advantage of. If it's Florida week, you want to read what the Florida fans are thinking, or F- Alabama misses out on Arian Carter last week, and you want to go 
um, soak in the, the reaction from Alabama fans. You can do that and read everything throughout the network. So great time to join GoVols 24-7. Go check that out for 50% off. That is an excellent way to put that, Ryan. I'm glad that you – that's actually what, what what we would call in the in the business – uh, a quality interruption, a proper interruption, if you will, to to bring important knowledge that I had failed to bring to everyone. So thank you for doing that. Uh, back to business, though, on, on uh, to to uh, recruiting business, I should say. Tennessee has had a uh, what I would say is a a, a prominent and uh, mildly uh, surprising slash disappointing defection from the class late. Uh, Sylvester Smith, aka Sly Smith, took uh, an, an Alabama kid uh defensive back tennessee was was happy to have in its class uh, a young man also who is also from the state of alabama though and he took a visit to auburn and um, bought whatever hugh freeze is selling and uh, he decommitted from tennessee opening up another spot in the class tennessee uh, could add to the class later there's there's still obviously another signing period after this one what used to be called signing day later on in the year but this primarily now is early signing period this early signing period is basically you know it's basically signing day now that's sort of how the calendar is where do things stand with Tennessee if you could touch just a little bit on uh on on losing Smith to the class on on whether there would be an immediate response to that and and sort of some other maybe irons Tennessee's got in the fire here the last couple of days yeah, a couple things still to watch. Uh, the the main thing to to watch leading up to to Wednesday, I would say, is is here locally. Uh, Deshaun Bishop, the running back from from nearby Carnes High School, that if you're in the Knoxville area and, and even outside the area, you've probably heard a lot about him over the past couple of years. He's finished his high school career as one of the state's all time leading rushers, number two actually on the career rushing list behind Troy Fleming, the former Vols running back. Um, Bishop rushed for more than eight thousand yards at Carnes. Uh, I think more than 2,400 yards this year, over 3,000 yards as a junior. He's a back-to-back Mr. Football winner in Class 5A. Um, so, so a guy who's who's certainly made a name for himself throughout his high school career and has been on Tennessee's radar for a while. Got an offer back in June of last year uh, with a strong showing at one of Tennessee's camps, and has kind of just maintained a relationship since then. But the first time around, he committed to Coastal Carolina. Well, he's now announcing his final decision after decommitting from Coastal Carolina on December 6th, and he revealed Monday that he's going to be announcing that Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, and it's going to be Tennessee or Appalachian State. Uh, as, as of right now, I think Tennessee's, uh, Tennessee has a good chance of, uh, of adding Deshaun Bishop to its class, and that would be a, uh, another running back to go along with, obviously, Khalifa Keith, and, uh, and they obviously are uh, not quite sure yet exactly how Cameron Selden, the four-star athlete from Virginia, will fit into to their plans on offense, but he's either a running back receiver or some sort of combination of the two. Um, so, so those, those options are already in the class at running back, but Bishop would certainly give them another, uh, another surefire option at running back if they, if they add him. So that's the, the, really the main thing to watch aside from a Johnny Cornelius uh, announcing his decision out of the transfer portal on Wednesday. So as far as guys, you know, signing Bishop is, is pretty much it between now and Wednesday that we're aware of right now. You know, we'll see if anything changes. Uh, the the I, I, won't, I won't say that. There is one other name worth watching. I, I just don't know yet what's going to come of this. It could be a long shot. It could be a legitimate option, depending on how things play out. But in the, in the wake of the Sylvester Smith uh, decommitment, I think Tennessee has, has already reached out uh, or reached back out to Tyler Scott, a defensive back from the Atlanta area that they uh, had on campus for the Alabama game back in October. At one point, 
right after that visit, it sounded like Tennessee was was maybe the team to beat for him. Uh, and the Vols even got an early crystal ball pick for him at the time. But now here down the stretch, Tennessee really hadn't been involved with him in recent weeks. And he's taken official visits to Alabama, USC, Texas. He, he's, he's sort of got a lot of options now. And so it's, it's hard to say what's going to come of Tennessee's um, maybe late push for him if it does turn into that. But I think Tennessee at least has gauged his interest and we'll see we'll see what comes of it. So that, that's at least a, a second name to watch. And if they are going to find somebody else in the secondary in this class, I think that would probably be the most, the most likely option. It's just hard to say for sure that, that anything will come of that because he hasn't been back to Tennessee in a while and, and they didn't post him on an official visit and didn't really stay in, in frequent contact in recent weeks. So um, that's, that's an interesting development that we'll see if, if, if much comes of it, but it's at least a possibility worth mentioning. So those are kind of the only things really worth watching leading up to Wednesday. Um, the Sylvester Smith decommitment, if, if you followed his recruitment and, and followed kind of what we said on, on Go Vols 24-7, I, I always thought he and Ricky Gibson, the four-star cornerback, who's now on campus, so Tennessee doesn't have to worry about him. He's going through bowl practices and, and locked in. Uh, but those two guys in particular, I thought in Alabama, were maybe the two most worth watching after the hiring of Hugh Freeze at Auburn. And, and Sylvester Smith, obviously – ends up flipping to Auburn. So it's not a surprise that it ended up happening that way in the end. I think what is a surprise is that it happened the way it did because this got pretty late in the game before it really got that serious. Uh, we'd kind of been keeping tabs on it and there really hadn't been a lot to discuss because there'd been some contacts some reaching out, just sort of gauging interest. And it sounded like Sylvester Smith was pretty interested in Auburn but they were not really sure what they wanted to do with him, I think, for a little while there. They've been recruiting a lot of guys, as you often do after a coaching change, just trying to see what you can get late. And I think they had some other irons in the fire in the secondary and maybe weren't pushing for him, not, not going all in on him. And then he shows up Saturday at Auburn for an unofficial visit, just spends a few hours there. I uh, don't think he even took his family. So even, even after, after he arrived for the visit, we weren't sure – that this was going to result in a flip, but obviously the fact that it was sort of an unknown visit, he didn't bring it to Tennessee's attention. The fact that he just kind of showed up made it look like it could be serious. And sure enough, by Saturday night, he's decommitted and, and everyone sort of knows where he's going. And he announces Sunday that he's, he's headed to Auburn. So uh, not shocking that it happened a little bit surprising that it got that late, that it got to the weekend before national sign day, as you said, and, and that Tennessee loses him after sort of a surprise visit then um, that wasn't even an official uh, an official visit. You know, Auburn really hadn't gone all in on him. It was, just, it kind of, it was just kind of a swing on by kind of deal. The, yeah, just just sort of came together quickly. You know, I don't know if that's because Auburn invited him late, if it's because they just wanted to sneak him in and not not raise, not call too much attention to it ahead of time and, and risk getting it shut down uh, as visits can get shut down in those situations. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. not sure not sure why it ha- happened that way and not sure why Auburn didn't push for him seemingly before then, but then just decide to go ahead and make a push for him on that visit and, and, and take him. Uh, but, but yeah, talking with people close to that when it sounded like he wanted to be at Auburn in-state kid, you know, he's from Munford yeah. high school in Alabama. Um, not shocking that he wanted to, to go there. Um, but yeah, Auburn, Auburn's been aggressive as you would expect with the new coaching staff there with Hugh Freeze's staff. If you remember his time at Ole Miss, obviously NCAA trouble aside, that staff always uh, was, aggressive in recruiting they, they they're gonna be a factor at auburn no doubt and uh and i would expect tennessee and auburn to resume having some of the the old-fashioned recruiting battles that they they've had over the years under a number of different staffs 
Uh, they just didn't have to worry about Auburn as much earlier this year because there was so much uncertainty with that, that former staff there with Brian Harson. So now that that's sort of cleared up, I think Auburn's going to go back to being one of the main thorns in the side for Tennessee, like it's always been. And uh, those teams are going to battle for a lot of kids, uh, I would say, over the next few years. So that, that's the first of many uh, recruiting battles likely between Hugh Freeze and, and Josh Eiple's staff uh, with Auburn and Tennessee. But uh, but this one, you know, not shocking that it ended up that way, just surprising that it went down exactly the way it did with Auburn, maybe at first not looking like it was really going to go all in for him. And then just very quickly things coming coming together and suddenly he's He's flipping from Tennessee to Auburn. Yeah, in a weird way, it seems like Tennessee losing a late flip to Auburn sort of, um, you know, I don't controversially is not the right word, but interestingly uh, late in the process. kind of feels like old times, right? It kind of feels like this is the world that we normally live in in the Southeastern Conference where, you know, where, where Auburn's kind of kind of sneak in there and do what it does late in the process and get it done. So all's fair in love and recruiting, right? That's how it goes. If There are kids in that Auburn class that if – they were interested in Tennessee. Tennessee would be happy to take them at the very last second and uh, Rochambeau Auburn right back. That is how it goes in this league. That's how it goes in the high levels in college football. This is life. So uh, it's interesting because he he's a good player. Certainly, I mean, I I, I don't I I I never. I'm not the expert here, Ryan. I never really looked at it and thought, man, this kid's just an absolute star, can't miss. But he looked like a good player, right? Like I look at him like. I look at a lot of players. I'm like, yeah, he could be pretty good, but I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I'm not the expert, but he, I, he never. There are some kids that when I look at it on tape and I just go, oh my god, he was never one of those. But he, but he's a good player. Good, good player, and 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 what, well, one reason you might not. <laughs> you, back when he committed, there was no junior film to look at. Uh, he was an interesting kid because he he didn't post his junior highlights on Huddle, and that's sometimes a bit of a red flag, but. Um, according to his coach and according to him, there was always a reason for that. He played through an injury during his junior season. Just didn't the film just didn't look that good. And I think some people uh, sort of looking out for his best interest just decided, you know what, you don't need to put up a lot of this film. It's only going to hurt you. <laughs> so yeah. he had he had sort of made a name for himself as a sophomore. That film, you know, sort of spoke for for itself, and uh, and they they didn't really even post that junior film. And then he he goes and plays more, at, you know, 100 health as a senior. And he plays quarterback a lot, and he, he got, got a lot of offensive touches and, and put up some pretty big numbers on offense for a team that just needed him to play quarterback and also had five interceptions on defense. So he had a really good senior year. Yeah, I thought did. his senior film looked pretty good. So uh, it's, it's a loss for Tennessee. It's, it's a player that they didn't want to lose by any means, uh, and you certainly can understand why Auburn decided to take him. Um, at the same time, I, you know, is it a devastating loss? Is this a guy who was going to come in and start as a freshman? I, I wouldn't say that. And in, in this day and age, in the transfer portal, everything's so year to year now anyway. You know, 15, 20 years ago, a guy like that, you'd say, yeah, if they don't replace him with a high school kid, you know, that, that'll be a hole in the roster you got to fill somehow over the next year. Um, but now when you can just go get a, a veteran anytime you need to, uh, a lot of times these days to, to sort of offset a loss like that, it's, it's not as big of a deal. So Tennessee does have two other safeties in the class already on campus and John Slaughter and Jack Luttrell. Um, so they're, they're in okay shape there numbers wise. And, and I don't think they're likely unless they get Tyler Scott, who's probably more of a cornerback, but a guy who could play really anywhere in the secondary, but uh, unless they get Tyler Scott, I don't think they go out and, and scramble to find another defensive back in this class. Uh, the other, you know, they've got five cornerbacks uh, or five DBs, three corners, two safeties, all of them already on campus. Um, so they, they don't have to worry too much about numbers there. And I think in the transfer portal, their focus right now is more on getting a cornerback since they have some corners, frankly, 
who could go back to safety. You know, they've got guys like Christian Charles, Danico Slaughter. If they needed to move someone back to safety or someone's just more comfortable at safety, they've got some options there. So I don't think they're in a position where they have to go out and replace Sylvester Smith, but they're going to continue to look at what else, what all is out there and, and just sort of find the best player available, I think, to, to go about filling that spot now. Yeah, Jordan Thomas is one who immediately pops out to me. As a freshman on special teams, that kid has been an absolute force. He is so fun yeah. to watch. and. He's just one of those guys that I looked at early on campus and watched some stuff, and I was like, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good. He runs around. He's big. He hits people. You know, he's confident. He's smart. There's a lot to like about that young man. Are you, are you claiming him inside the dojo? Is that what you're I, I don't know. Was he, t- he was technically a three-star, right? Oh, he, he was definitely a three-star. Yeah, he's in the dojo 100% then. If he, he is 100% in the dojo uh, as, a, as a ninja of mine if, if, he, uh, if he wasn't, in fact, a three-star, which he was. So, yes, he is officially in the dojo. That kid is really, really, really fun to, to watch. And, and you know who else is interesting? Before we talk about some of the kids who are already on campus, Ryan, I, I think you mentioned Bishop earlier. And if he, if he gets added to Tennessee's class, we'll obviously have more to talk about with him later. But since he's a local kid, I'll, I'll go ahead and say I, I like him. I, I when I when I watch that kid, and again I, we have people in this network who are you know experts who are analysts, insiders. You know Ryan is certainly closer to that status than I am. I don't claim to be. I never will. But I, I look at it. I don't know what it is about him because he's not that big. He's not that fast. He's just really hard to tackle. He just finds a way. He runs tough. He runs with good leverage, good balance. Um, and, and he just kind of – he's so productive. I, I don't know what it is, but he just – he gets it done. And you watch him r- routinely run into packs of four or five guys, and he just kind of bounces his way out of it, kind of wiggles his way out of it, goes forward. He's just hes just a football player, this kid is. I, I don't know that he's – got any one characteristic that you're like man he's just elite in that area but he's just we put the package together he's a productive football player you can see why he's so good at one of the highest levels of tennessee high school football just because he's he's hard to tackle yeah and 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 where he's been going to school frankly has has probably kept him a a little bit more of a secret i think than he than he deserved to be carnes and, and it should have a better reputation. They've sent a couple of kids to Oklahoma State, obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Harp, uh, Thomas Harper and uh, uh, Devin Harper uh, went there, uh, went to Oklahoma State out of out of Carnes, and they've uh, they, they've done well for themselves. So uh, Harper, an NFL draft pick, you know, they, they've they've put out some good players in recent years. So not not unheard of for a guy to come out of that that school and do well, but it's fair or not. It's not considered one of the powerhouse programs in Knoxville and it's not had a lot of success on the state level competing for championships and things like that. So um, they, they, they don't have the reputation of one of those schools that you have to go see and the competition in class five, a in Tennessee, not as good as six, a you mentioned it's one of the top classifications, but there is a, there is a gap there, I would say generally. Um, So they're, they're, you know, just fair or not that perception probably kept him a little quieter as a prospect than I thought he would be. I thought by this time he would have more power five offers and it's, it's not turned out that way. So, so there've not been, you know, I thought, I thought at least another SEC school would jump in at some point and it just hasn't happened that way. But I think he's the kind of guy that if he had ended up staying with coastal Carolina, especially in that offense, I personally think he would have gone there and been really productive. And he's a guy that Tennessee would have been wanting to get back in the transfer portal, maybe in a couple of years. Like, I think he's that kind of guy that, if he if he were to end up at Appalachian State where he visited this past weekend, that that's the kind of guy that it wouldn't shock me if he has some success at a school like that. 
and some bigger schools are, are kind of clamoring for him later in his career. Um, but at the same time, like you said, not the biggest back, maybe not the fastest back, but I will say this, he had a good time at Tennessee's camp last summer and that's mm. why they offered at the time. It was in go. the mid to high four fives. Um, his yeah. track times, his track times don't necessarily line up with that right now. Like he doesn't have elite track times, but he is a Got football speed, he, football speed. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say he plays fast. I think, he, I think he has good football speed and that's more important to me any day, um, regardless of the track times. But the, you know, that's why he, I think he's rated where he is. The offer list hasn't blown up and he doesn't have elite measurables. But uh, when you look at the, the total package, the production, everything he's got on film, I, I think there's a lot to like there. So if Tennessee goes, uh, goes that direction, and again, I think there's at least a good chance he could pick Tennessee on Tuesday. If, if they go that path, that's, uh, I think that would be a nice addition to a, to, a, to a backfield that obviously needs more, more proven options there. It's, it's, a, it's a wild card kind of addition, not a guy that's going to come in and start as a true freshman most likely, but I think it would be a nice, uh, a, a nice depth addition and someone that could turn out to be a lot more than that down the road. So we'll, we'll see if, if that's what, what he ends up doing, but I, I think it would be a, uh, at least a nice pickup for Tennessee at, at a position where they've not, they've not racked up, you know, quality guys necessarily over the last couple of years. They, they could, they could use someone like that. That's a little bit of a lottery ticket that if you hit on it, you're looking back and saying, man, that was a great pickup. Yeah, and just in, in general, you need more scholarship bodies there. Tennessee, the past couple of years consecutively, has just not quite had enough depth at that position. Then Whitehead leaves, so you bring in a couple couple kids. Maybe we'll see what happens with Selden. So I, I, I could see the reason uh, to, take the, to, to take a flyer on, on a local kid like this who has been so ridiculously productive as a player and just has that quality about him that you're like, I don't know what he is, but he's a football player. You know, I don't know what it is, but he just, he's, he's just, there's something about him uh, on film. And you're like, I don't, I can't figure it out, but it's there. Regardless, uh, there are some guys who are big time prospects who people had much, many, many, many fewer questions about who are now uh, Tennessee football players. The, those guys have enrolled on campus. They have, they have started participating in practice uh, they, they've they've been out there with balls. They're wearing orange and white. They're they're putting on pads and hitting people or getting hit. And I, I think it's it's good to see. I think it's one of the best parts about the process. I mean, I, I I would if I'm a senior in high school, I still think you you go through prom, you go through that final, you know, that final semester of your high school year where things are kind of easy and you're laid back. You're hanging out with your now, friends. Remember, like I, I, I would li- I would like to have a lot of that. You know, I you want to get a head start in your college career, but I, I I always am impressed by these kids who who forgo what's a really memorable time in their lives is that final that final that final semester. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was going to say, don't forget though, a lot of these guys go back for prom. Uh, that that happens often. Addison Addison Nichols yeah. did it this year after being an early enrollee, so they they do let them go back for things like that. They go back for graduation, obviously, if they want and all that stuff. So there, there's plenty uh, plenty of things they get to participate in. But yeah, you don't you, you're not there for the day to day stuff. And, and if, if it's anything like my senior year. Uh, you're you're not taking a whole lot of important classes that last no, semester. No, there was just a fun time. I think about I yeah. think about the life and and just how how good you had it back then. And I was in a really really good high school class. I had a lot of really good friends that are still you know like like siblings to me. And 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 it was it was a fun time. And I I got respect for a kid who wants to go get a head start on their college career by kind of forfeiting some of that stuff because it's just a really, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but for in my life anyway, it was a really, really, really memorable, really, really good experience, you know, kind of the last hurrah before everybody goes their separate ways for college. And, you know, it just, it seems like it's, I got respect for kids who want to do that. But anyways, those kids, uh, there has been one, uh, 
media availability for practice to this point. I know you were gracious enough to go and, and help us get some photos because with, with Hank's stuff after the surgery and everything, it's finally getting a little bit better, but it's been kind of tough to, to do some stuff. And, and so I did not see it just being Frank. I, I did not see it, but uh, you were out there, uh, you know, Pat was out there. Uh, what, what'd you think? Yeah. You know, obviously a lot of guys that we're pretty familiar with by now, you know, I've seen Nico Iamaliava at a couple of events, uh, the five-star quarterback that everyone's kind of focused on Saturday. Uh, it, was, it was funny to hear Josh Heupel's comments afterward. You know, <laughs> you guys are going to make them the story. We're not, you know, that's, that's not our focus. We're getting ready for a bowl game. Um, but at the same time, it's nice to get those guys out there and get them sort of up to speed uh, before spring practice. And that's the, that's the big thing. And, and, and also before I make too many observations about those guys, we did see all of like two, three periods, as you know, Wes, sure. you know, it's yeah. stretching, it's something. stretching and yeah. yeah. And very basic individual drills. So you can't reach, you know, many conclusions, just like we always say yeah, after the first we, day of we, spring practice. We know if somebody's uh, got two arms and two legs still, we can usually identify yeah. that much. Usually. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we got to see those guys move around a little bit and, and which ones kind of look the part and which ones don't. They weren't quite in full pads. So that was interesting. You got to see a little more of sort of how they were built, the ones that need to add weight, the ones that need to drop weight, all that stuff. Uh, the ones that I thought, you know, really looked the part physically, uh, Jordan Matthews uh, stood mm-hmm. out at cornerback. I think yeah. he is the the most physically prepared uh, out of those three cornerbacks they just added to, to compete for early playing time. But as a guy who remembers, you know, Emmanuel Mosley coming out of high school at like 150 pounds, you know, he was 140 something on his, official visit to Tennessee, as I recall, uh, a guy who came to high school or came out of high school that light and still ended up starting some games as a freshman mm-hmm. at Tennessee. Um, I, I'm not ruling out any of those guys playing early, you know, Christian Conyer, Ricky Gibson, those guys are lighter. That doesn't mean they're not capable of playing as a freshman. So uh, all those guys, uh, I, I thought it, it look interesting as I thought they would, you know, I, I've been pretty high on that group for a while and, and, and I'll be surprised if, if one or more of them doesn't at least find themselves in the mix for some early playing time. Uh, at safety, I like the way John Slaughter looked, and that's not uh, not different from what I'd seen uh, in high school. I think he's a guy that was a little bit underrated throughout most of the process, and still I'm not sure how Ole Miss didn't end up um, putting up more of a fight for him. I, that, that seemed like the type of guy that Ole Miss would have been fighting tooth and nail to keep in state or Mississippi State or somebody, and, and I just thought Tennessee got him out of the – out of the Memphis area there on the Mississippi side a little bit easier than I, than I thought they would, but I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. Uh, and the guy who impressed me as much as anyone might have been uh, a guy who wasn't even in pads, not, not in uniform on Saturday, and that was Arion Carter, uh, the, the newest addition to Tennessee's 2023 class, the four-star linebacker who picked Tennessee over Alabama on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was out there in sweats and, and, and wasn't fully cleared to go through things, just not, nothing to worry about there, just, just typical – typical stuff and wasn't fully cleared on the uh, on the on the medical side I guess as, as they check off all the physicals and all the things they've got to do before they can uh, send someone out there without any uh, without any restrictions so he's just in street clothes and he he's sort of going through the drills himself as he watches his teammates do them and, and I thought the way he did that and just the attention he was showing to the drills just sort of backed up what I already knew about him as we talked about on the podcast last week which is just that he's a football guy he just he loves the game. Uh, he, he's already putting in quite a bit of work, I think, in, in his first days on campus, trying to trying to get up to speed, and uh, is is really focused on just doing what he can to to get himself ready. And, and obviously, Nico Iamaliava looked the part and 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 made some, you know, again, basic routes on air throws. But I thought 
you know, the, the ball just comes off his hand a little bit different. And that's, that's kind of what you've said throughout his recruitment. Yeah. The ball just kind of jumps off his hand, uh, especially on those short to intermediate uh, routes. He, he just, he has such good velocity, but also throws a very catchable ball. And, and it's just, uh, it just looks really impressive when you see him going at full speed and, and in seven on seven and those types of things. And just seeing him make some basic throws, you're, you're, you're kind of, and you see him next to Joe Milton and, and next to Taven Jackson. You're like, yeah, that that still looks pretty good. So uh, it's it's every bit what you expected. You know, I've I've heard some early positive feedback on on Ia Maliava. Yeah, that's we'll have all offseason to break down that whole situation. I still think everyone should be preparing themselves for Joe Milton to be Tennessee starter next year, at least to begin the season. And then it'll be from there. It's just going to be how Milton takes the job and runs with it, and and how well he performs. But uh, but Ia Maliava is going to cast a large shadow from the sideline from day one, sure, even if that's sure. how it plays out. You know, that's anytime Milton falters, it's it's going to be brought up. <laughs> you know, uh, Ia Maliava is there and, and he's talented and, and people are going to be tempted by that potential. Um, but no doubt he's he's going to be someone people are, are interested in seeing in the spring game and all that. And, and rightfully so. He's, he's a talented kid and it looked like that on the practice field. And I also like the, uh, you know, what, what little bit we saw, I didn't, I didn't get to get a picture of him, uh, but just what I saw from a distance physically, it's, it's what I thought he would look like in uniform, but, but Nathan Leacock, I think looks the part at, at wide receiver, big kid, um, big, big kid, good. Yeah. yeah very good sized kid. And, and with the numbers he put up as, his, as a senior in high school, definitely. Uh, I think, I think people are at least keeping an eye on him more so going into spring practice uh, than they, than they maybe would have six months ago as far as a guy who could push his way into the conversation for some early playing time. I think he's got uh, a real chance because of the combination of size and speed there. So uh, pretty, un- pretty impressive group that the offensive linemen even look good. Sham, Sham Umarov and, and Vice and Lang, those are two big kids. Not sure either one's going to push for an early starting job or anything like that, but they, they, they both have potential. Lang moves pretty well for a big kid who's, who's probably, he probably needs to drop a, a few pounds and he's a guard, I think, but um, but Lang moves pretty well for a guy that size. And then Umarov, I think he's a tackle, but it could be a guard or a tackle. You know, you've got some options with him. Most likely a tackle, if I had to guess right now. But he's a he's another big kid who's just well put together, moves well. So um, there's a lot to like about that group. And from Tennessee's perspective, there is no downside to getting them on campus uh, on, on, you know, several days before signing day and getting them locked in. That's the thing. If you're watching Wednesday – and you're tracking all this stuff, and you're excited about National Sign Day, I'll go ahead and warn you, Tennessee may, might space out some announcements and announce those guys just like they're signing, but those guys who are here don't have to sign a thing. They're all locked in with Tennessee right now. Uh, Nico Iamaliava is a vol. There's nothing that USC or whoever, nobody can call him. It's over. He's done. Yeah, it's done. Um, he he here. He here. Hashtag he here. So, yeah, so, so all those guys are locked in with Tennessee. So that's 14 early enrollees already on campus. They've got the two transfer commitments already on campus. Uh, Charles Campbell, the kicker, and McAllen Castles. Uh, not sure yet if Castles practiced on Monday, but he was eligible to practice maybe as early as Monday if he got all the tests and everything done in time. So um, those guys already on campus. And then uh, Larry Johnson, the junior college offensive lineman, was supposed to be arriving Monday and could practice as early as Tuesday. So all those guys should be locked in before Wednesday even starts. And so that's a, that's a pretty good thing for Tennessee to have that much certainty and no risk of another Sylvester Smith type situation developing with some of the best players in their class. Hey, we did call him Sly Smith, right? Remember? Remember? Yep. We called him Sly Smith and he was pretty sly down the stretch. 
getting uh, getting it done. But you know what? I, I'll say this: the kid the kid went where he wants to go to school, and that's at the end of the day, people can get mad, and I understand that because this is a passionate thing that that we cover. But um, I, I think kids should 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 go where they want to go. That's I don't think that's a controversial hot take, but uh, this that's where he wanted to go, and that's where he is. So I think. Good, good for him, and, and we'll see what Tennessee does uh, to uh, to respond to that. Uh, Ryan, anything else in terms of uh, recruiting stuff to keep an eye on before we get out of here? Any recruiting stuff? Any uh, thing that you saw at at practice from from the noobs? Anything? Uh, any anything before we uh, before I hit this button and hang up on you? Uh, no, I, and you can hang up anytime, you know, always. But um, I might, but no, I, might. Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, no. I, I, like I said, Wednesday should you know we'll we'll see if anything happens with uh, with with Tyler Scott, and then obviously Deshaun Bishop worth watching on on Tuesday, and then beyond that we'll see if anything develops, and then in the transfer portal of Johnny Cornelius uh, worth watching that announcement on Wednesday, and uh, and and we'll see if we we hear much leading up to that one with uh, with a lot of these transfer portal guys. They're often pretty quiet, but we'll we'll see what we hear. Um, so those. Uh, those are kind of the main things to watch recruiting wise. Uh, we'll, we'll see if any other Tennessee players hop in the transfer portal, but uh, that, that should be most of the, uh, the news to, to track as, as Tennessee looks to sign the rest of those signees. And as of right now, no reason to expect any signees to wait until February to sign. Everyone else that's committed to Tennessee should be signing on Wednesday, as far as we know right now. So uh, with 20, uh, 24 commitments now without Sylvester Smith, that means uh uh, what nine more guys should be signing on Wednesday to to finalize their decisions? So uh, and then and you know again potentially Deshaun Bishop or Tyler Scott. So mm-hmm. um, so it should be should be a, a shorter list of guys that still have to sign, but still a lot to be finalized about that class. And then uh, and then from there we'll see what happens with the transfer portal. And oh yeah, one more thing I want to throw in on the uh, on the early arrivals uh, from the class that that are going through practice now. You know, I think just going through a few days of practice in past years, you know, Jordan Phillips did it last year, Tyree West, even Gerald Mincy was on campus early last year. You know, in the past, you just got a few practices. It wasn't the end of the world. It was just sort of something to get your feet wet and you locked them in early. So it was no problem for those guys to to get there. I think in Tyree West's case and a few others that those guys didn't even make it until after signing day. Um, but Jordan Phillips arrived before signing day last year. In this case, you get all these guys here early. So you lock them in. But the big benefit this year is there is a rule change, and we've mentioned this in our stories, so you might have already seen this, but those guys who are already here also get to go to the bowl site this year, and that's different. That's a rule change this year. That used to not be an option. Now it is. And so Tennessee will have the chance to get most, if not all, of those guys. I don't know 100% for sure that all of them are doing it, but the vast majority at least should be going down there. Uh, Everyone I've spoken with about it said they're going. So – all those guys will be in South Florida for the most part and, and they'll be able to practice down there too. So you're talking about, you know, what, four more practices in Miami before the game, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then in Knoxville about a week of practices. So you're talking about getting somewhere close to 10 practices um, within the, the first few weeks of your college career. And you hadn't even really moved into your dorm yet and started classes. It's a great time to, for these guys to get their feet wet. And I think that because of the number of practices, once you throw in the on-site bowl prep, it is a bigger deal that those guys get to arrive early now. Those guys will get to spring practice and they'll know what they're doing. They, they won't be as uh, as unsure of where to go and how to go through a well, practice and, with and, Tennessee and, staff. And, and the old Mike Tyson line about, right, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, the earlier you get punched in the mouth, the better. You get a chance to adjust and see what it's like and, you know, you, you, get, you know what you've gotten yourself into. 
Absolutely. So I, I think those guys now who are who who are already here, who are going to get to go through those those that many practices, you know, is it going to greatly? Are those practices alone going to get someone ready to to challenge for a starting job? No. But what it does is it it cuts away. It, it maybe increases the retention those guys are going to have when they start spring practice in March, and it gives them a better chance of being ready to go at full speed from day one, as opposed to sort of figuring it out for the first week as newcomers often are uh, during spring practice and, and fall camp. Um, so you can't rule out that any, that any of those guys or, or maybe all of them are going to be in a better spot uh, going into spring practice now because of this time. So I think there is some tangible benefit to that. Whereas in the past, I felt like it kind of got overhyped a little bit because it's just, you know, four or five practices on campus maybe. And that's the end of it. Um, this, this year with that new rule, getting to go to the bowl site, it's, it's a good deal for those guys. They get to spend more time around their teammates and, um, they just get to get up to speed on things. So I think that is something that's going to help Tennessee a lot with some of those guys, especially in the secondary and some of those other positions. Obviously, Nico Iamaliava, too. But those guys looking to push for early playing time, it's more realistic now maybe that they can go into spring practice fully ready to go and not have to learn quite so much. That's going to give them, I think, a better chance to find their way onto the field as a freshman. I agree with that, and I think that is a good place to leave it. Ryan, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll get this uh, one uploaded as quickly as we can, and then we will have more episodes, obviously, later in the week. We got uh, some basketball stuff. Ben's been a little bit under the weather, but uh, he, he's, uh, he's doing better. We're going to have some basketball stuff to talk about, certainly after the interesting game uh, at Arizona on Saturday night. Uh, big big game there. Big big stuff to discuss there. Moving forward with SEC play starting. Got got started the early signing period on Wednesday, so we'll have some stuff there just to you before Christmas. So uh, it's a it's a big week, and I know a lot of y'all are going to be uh, on the road a lot this time of year. So hopefully we uh, give you something to listen to while you're on the road. So uh, hey, hands at ten and two, eyes forward. Let's uh, let, let's let's get get to your destination. Get there safely. Be safe, and uh, hope you're having a good time listening to us, and hope you're having a good time with your family as well. So thanks for being here, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, uh, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff 
uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.